This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the first football Friday of the season. That is right. We've waited long enough for it, and it is finally here. Dan Grasser Show with you on... This 8th day of September, 2023, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number if you want to be a part of the program. We've got Julian. We've got Chantel. They're producing the program tonight. And, yes, I am excited, in case you couldn't figure that out already. I know you're excited, too. Football is back. We've got a game already in the record books last night. Congrats to the Lions. They go into Kansas City and beat up a banged-up Chiefs team and escape with a, a victory. You know what? It still counts the same regardless of who was in the lineup or who wasn't in the lineup for the Chiefs, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. But nevertheless, football is back. And in this city, probably anticipated a little bit more so than usual, especially when you consider how bad the summer has been as far as the Mets and the Yankees are concerned, all the hype, all the anticipation for the Jets and the Giants and what they could possibly accomplish here in 2023 and that's where we're going to spend the majority of the night here of course breaking down not just the two teams here but all the week one action we'll give you some season predictions who's going to finish where we'll give you our week one picks as per usual like we do on the football friday we'll talk to our pal mr buttle coming up at eight o'clock this evening he of course uh, my partner on the Jets pre- and post-game shows, entering year number six together, he and I. And, of course, we'll be all over the Bills in the Jets game. Coverage beginning at 6.15, right after TMKS, coming up on Monday out at MetLife Stadium. Cannot wait for that. And as I said, a, a pre-game show packed to the gills in terms of guests and features. I mean, oh, you don't want to miss it. We are literally pulling out all the stops for the home opener, for the season opener. It was probably... As anticipated a Jets football game in quite some time. I don't know how far you want to go back, but as long as I've been doing this thing, probably it's the most anticipated game. The place is going to be mobbed, 80,000 people expected, and it really is going to be quite a scene there. And now you got to go out there and play some football and reward the fans and everybody that showed up to see the Jets have a good season opener. And Aaron Rodgers kick off his tenure in green and white. We'll get to the Jets later on, though. I want to start with the Giants, though, because you know what? They're playing first. They're playing Sunday night. Welcoming in the division rival Dallas Cowboys over to MetLife Stadium. And when you think about the Giants and this game, yeah, it's a familiar opponent, right? They're in your division, but it's an opponent that has your number. They've beaten you 11 out of the last 12 times. Don't you think this is the perfect time to reverse that trend in your house? Sunday night football, only game on, the whole world is watching. What could be a better stage and a better opportunity to go out there and prove to the football world that what happened last year is not a fluke? That not only are you going to be able to do what you did a season ago, but you know what? Maybe you'll even be able to take it a step further. And that's what the Giants, I think, are trying to play for as they get ready to embark on 2023. Last year, look, Giants were the feel-good story, one of the feel-good stories of the entire National Football League. What do you do for an encore, Right? Most people, I think, expect the Giants to take a step back because you have to agree that they exceeded expectations a year ago. Nobody expected that team to make the playoffs. Certainly nobody expected them to even win a playoff game and be one of the last four teams standing on the NFC side of things. But you know what? They get full credit for that. They did it. They accomplished it. Now what? Now what do you do to move on? You know, sometimes when we see teams, especially ones that are rebuilding, and they try to move this thing forward, you might kind of hit a bump in the curve a little bit, especially when you exceed expectations maybe earlier than a lot of people thought you should have. It's no secret that the schedule is a bit tougher this year, certainly on paper. Five out of the first six games that the Giants are playing are against playoff teams from a year ago. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to be playoff teams again this year, but you kind of expect the teams like the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Seahawks, Miami, and Buffalo, that they're going to have at least decent seasons, right? They're not going to be one of the dregs of the National Football League. So they're going to be up against it here early on. Look, 
I don't try to sit here and pigeonhole parts of the schedule and say that this part is more important than the next part or this. You play 17 of this thing, 17 of these things, and you got to add it up when they're all done how many you were end up getting in the win column. But I would say for the first six, and if you're a Giant fan, you probably would sign up at 3-3, three and three, wouldn't you? I think that's fair. I would say the same thing about the Jets, too. They've got a pretty challenging first six games right out of the slate leading into the bye week. I think 3-3 three and three is fair on that side. And what I like about the Giants, and look, if you heard me throughout the entire offseason, throughout this entire process, okay, I like the direction the Giants are heading in. I really and truly do. I think that Joe Shane is building a very solid foundation with this club. I think that Brian Dayball is the right man to be the head coach. And I applaud the fact that they didn't try, what's the right word I'm looking for? Cheat the process, right? I I appreciate the fact that they're sticking to their plan. And they didn't try to maybe hit the fast forward button off off of what they accomplished last year. You know, chasing false title hopes is one way of putting it. Giants aren't a Super Bowl team this year, right? I still think they're at least a year away from that. But the Giants didn't do anything stupid going out there and maybe making some ill-advised transactions to where you would kid yourself into thinking, yeah, we got a chance to win this thing. I don't think so. You know, you hear Aaron Rodgers talk about it all the time where he says, well, you know, there's about six to ten teams or whatever it is that have a shot at winning the Super Bowl each year. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But the difference is, is that I don't think the Giants are one of those teams this year. But it doesn't mean that they can't still have a good season and that they can't be a team that makes you proud and, hell, even makes the playoffs again. But things could be fickle, can't they? Like, you never know what could potentially pop up which could derail your hopes and everything the way you thought you had it lined up. And the Giants got a taste of that today already. Isn't that amazing? Like, we haven't even played a real game yet. We're still 48 hours away from kicking off this thing for real for the Giants, and the injury report comes out this afternoon, and whose name is added to it? The guy's name that wasn't on it on Wednesday, and it was nowhere to be found on Thursday. But today, the final practice of the week before the season opener, you got to see Darren Waller's name on there, who was questionable now because of a hamstring issue that popped up. Wonderful. Darren Waller, the guy that all of us have been touting throughout the entire offseason, The guy who was supposed to be, if not one of the X factors, the X factor for this offense in 2023, when he is healthy, when he's available, we know how dangerous a playmaker and how dangerous a weapon this guy could be for this offense, how important he will be to the development of Daniel Jones. But can he stay healthy? And voila, first game right out of the chute, He's not going to be at 100% if he's even able to play. Now, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Not that I have any inside information, but that's not what you want to see because it's a harsh reminder before you even play a game that things could go up in smoke like that if you don't have your best players out there and healthy. You know, you need this guy to help the quarterback develop into what they think he can be. And what about the quarterback? Right? How amped up are you as a Giant fan to see what Daniel Jones does in 2023? The strides that he took last year, leading this team to the playoffs. Team rewarding him with a very expensive, nifty little contract in the offseason. Paying him like one of the top quarterbacks in all the National Football League. You know what the ceiling for Daniel Jones is? Now look, you may think that this is a little premature. And it's maybe a little bit of foolish optimism. I'm just saying this is the ceiling. This isn't a projection. The ceiling for Daniel Jones, in my opinion, is that over the next two years, he blossoms into maybe the second-best quarterback in the NFC. Now, you think that that's far-fetched? I don't. Look around the NFC right now. Other than Jalen Hurts, at this very minute, what quarterback can you say is hands-down going to be better than Daniel Jones over the next two years. I don't know who that guy is. Now, there's other quarterbacks that have accomplished more than him so far, but it doesn't mean that they're going to play at that level over the next two seasons, which is what the Giants are banking on with this guy. Right? Because the way that the contract is structured, let's face it, it's a two-year audition. After 2024, the Giants could get out from this thing. 
if they don't feel that he is indeed the right guy. So it is imperative that he goes out there and just continues to get better and better. You got a motivated Saquon Barkley heading into this season. Saquon Barkley, who didn't allow the contract stuff to be any sort of a distraction whatsoever. We had Jordan Renan on the show last night, and I brought it up to him. I said, think about it for a sec. He and I were talking for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to begin the interview. We didn't even mention Saquon Barkley's name once yet. Not once. And Saquon Barkley was like the engine for the New York Giants, at least offensively, as long as he's been in the league. Just goes to show you what they're building there. And it's a testament to Saquon as well. We all know that he took a loss and he got beat in that negotiation. But he's not going to use it as something that's going to be divisive to that locker room. He's going to go out there and, again, win-win for Joe Shane and company. You got a motivated player who needs to produce this year so he can get paid again in the offseason. It's brilliant. You locked up your key pieces, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's your left tackle, Dexter Lawrence. These guys are in tow. These guys represent your core. But the fact of the matter is that last year's number one picks, they got to step up this year. You know, you want to see Kayvon Thibodeau do even more in his second season as a terror off the edge. Evan Neal, he's got to be better. You know, it's so funny. Like, we, the convenient, the convenient exercise all throughout the summer when you look at the Jets and you look at a weakness, you say, oh, it's the offensive line. Oh, I'm worried about that offensive line. You know, Aaron Rodgers is great, but you know what? They're going to be able to protect him? Not so sure. You know, the two tackles haven't played that much. Lake and Tomlinson coming off of a subpar season. What are they going to do? The offensive line. What about the giant offensive line? Right? I know Andrew Thomas is a stud, but what about the other guys? The guards leave a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Schmitz, the rookie, you're putting him at center. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's still a rookie. And then Evan Neal at right tackle. You know what? He's got to be better. No other way around it. He has got to be better. The offensive line, especially on the interior, and the secondary because of the youth that they're going to feature there. Those are the two areas right now when I look at the Giants I'm a little concerned about as we get ready to kick off this season. Not to say that those guys won't be good players, but you're talking about a rookie in Deontay Banks, a rookie in Trey Hawkins. These guys are going to be starters for you. You know, Jason Pinnock. He's going to be one of your safeties this year. I think that he's going to have a heck of a career. I really and truly do. Got to know him a little bit when he started out with the Jets. But, you know, he doesn't have that, that, that much starting experience in this league. He, by all accounts, is still very much a young player. So those are the areas that I need to be convinced of a little bit more moving forward with this Giants team. But bottom line is they're headed in the right direction. All right? This is not Ben McAdoo 2.0. With Brian Dayball. Because remember, Ben McAdoo made the playoffs his first season, and you thought that things were going in the right direction then until they weren't. Right? Things were great in the first year, and then they immediately went south. But it was different. Remember, Ben McAdoo's first year, they built that team to win that season. You still had Eli Manning, who they were trying to maximize every last ounce of his football career out of that body. So they went out and they spent a ton of money that offseason on the defense. Remember, they signed Olivier Vernon. They signed Snacks. They signed uh, Jack Rabbit. And they started to play good football until it all came crashing down in Green Bay in the playoffs, and then it just gradually went south from there. But that's not now. Okay, they didn't do that last year. They won without spending a pretty penny. They're building this thing from the ground up. Brian Dayball has control of that locker room. You have leadership. You have guidance. And that's important when you're talking about building a winner. And yeah, it's a tough test out of the gate on Sunday. It is. You know, I talked about the giant offensive line. I'm worried a little bit what those Dallas rushers are going to be able to do to them because Dallas could get after the quarterback. You know, they made Daniel Jones' life miserable last year in that game at MetLife Stadium. Can the Giants win the game? Sure, absolutely. But it's going to be tough. You know, I'm not exactly overly confident about the Giants this week, but I do think they're going to have a good season. We've talked about it a lot. The NFC, it's not the AFC. There was a lot to be desired. When I was sitting there making my, you know, season predictions and mapping everything out, I, I mean, I, I was literally, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I was struggling to find even a last wild card team to come out of the NFC just because I don't think there's seven playoff-worthy teams in the NFC. But the way the rules are in the league, you got to have seven. So I picked seven. But because of that, I think the Giants are going to find their way in. 
I know some people are thinking they're going to take a step back and they might only win seven games, and I don't think so. I think they win nine again. They win nine again and they go back to the playoffs. And if you're a fan, new head coach, new general manager, two years, two trips to the postseason, I think you take it. Oh, and by the way, next year is supposed to be the season where you probably really are going to try to go after it. I think that's building in the right direction, don't you? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's get some giant calls up. We'll also get into the Jets, who have a big one on Monday night, of course, against another division rival, the Buffalo Bills, at MetLife Stadium. We'll talk to Greg Buttle coming up at 8 o'clock, my partner on the Jets pre- and post-game show. We will give you our NFL season predictions. We'll do our week one NFL picks. We'll have some thoughts on the season opener last night in Kansas City. Sprinkle in some baseball and some tennis as well. lot to cram in between now and 9 o'clock. It's Dan Gross' show on the first Football Friday of 2023 right here on 9870 ESPN. As his team gets ready to take the field in front of the MetLife faithful on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills as we welcome you back in here to the program. Dan Grasso Show, Football Friday. That is right. It is in the air right here on 98.7 ESPN. And, you know, the funny thing about it, not funny, but say whatever you want. Just got done talking about the Giants and how the best laid plans of mice and men, right, the old saying, and how one little derailment can just make the whole thing go up into smoke when you start to think about what could happen for a team and how this has to go right and this has to go right and this guy's got to... Well, Darren Waller's already iffy with a hamstring injury for week one. And then he got the Jets, for example, and not to say that it's the same thing, and and to be quite honest with you, I don't even know the severity, and and you hope it's not anything serious. But Makai Becton showed up on the injury report today for the Jets with an illness. And he wasn't around today and didn't practice. And, you know, you hope it's not anything serious. But, again, it's – he's one of those guys that when you talk about this football team and what they hope to accomplish this year, Becton is one of those players that has to be one of those driving forces for them. Right? Because all of a sudden – The offensive line and the outlook of the offensive line for the Jets looks completely different now that you have what we would like to think is a healthy, dependable, dare I say, dominating, imposing Makai Becton, like we saw in those last couple of weeks of the preseason. A guy who was able to go out there, play his position, remain durable, not have any side effects, and do his thing. Show you glimpses of the guy that we were all captivated with back in 2020 as a rookie when it looked like he was going to be one of the most dominating linemen in the league. But then a funny thing happened over the next two years to where he played half of one game, right? Because remember, before they entrusted Mekhi Becton with the right tackle spot during training camp, I mean, it was like a revolving door. Whether it was the Billy Turners of the world or the Max Mitchells or anybody else they were trying out there, it just wasn't working. They were not getting the production that they expected. So then Becton worked his way into the lineup, and he locked down the job, and he's like, all right, let's go. These are the five that we're going to roll with here. But now you see his name on the injury report, and that's what I mean. Like, can you ever really and fully guarantee that some of these guys are going to be able to hold up their end of the bargain over a long season? Like, yeah, on paper, everything looks great now before you play a game, right? It's not a video game, though. This is real life. So even though things are lining up maybe the way that you think that they should, funny thing happens along the way. And that offensive line has to do its part if this team is going to break that 12-year playoff drought. Because having the quarterback is great, right? And you think that he's an answer to the position which they have been waiting decades and decades and decades to find an answer to. But he's only going to be as good as his offensive line allows him to be, right? If he's going to be able to distribute the ball to what we would like to think is a nice collection of playmakers on offense, O-line's got to remain, allow him to remain upright. You know, if you want to get that running game going with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and let them do their thing, O-line's got to do their part. And Becton is... Maybe aside from Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, he might be as critical a member of that offensive line as you have. 
right? I mean, AVT, of course, because, you know, he's the best lineman they have, not just because he could play a variety of positions, but he's pretty damn good no matter which one you ask him to play. But now you finally put to rest all the speculating, right? All the what's going to happen. And you get to see this team for real. Because it's one thing in the summertime and in the offseason to make all these predictions and say they're going to the Super Bowl, they're going to win the division, playoffs, Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl or bust, all the things that we have discussed for the last five months since Aaron Rodgers was acquired by this team. Now all that stuff is forgotten come Monday night. At 8.15, when they kick that ball off, even though I don't know if it's going to happen at 8.15, supposedly they got a lot of things planned, like pregame ceremonies, plus it's 9.11. might be more like 8.17, 8.18 or something, you know, if you're keeping track. But you didn't hear that from me. But finally, once you get this game going, none of all that stuff matters. Then it's just going to be the Jets and the Bills. And while the Giants have themselves a nice opportunity week one, same thing for the Jets. Right? You're trying to not just make the playoffs. You're trying to get back to the top of that division. Remember, we all waited for basically 20 years for Tom Brady to finally hang him up. Or if not hang him up, just to get the hell out of Foxborough. And then once he would leave New England, well, then maybe that would relinquish the stranglehold that the Patriots had on the AFC East for two decades. Okay, finally happened, but the Jets weren't the team that were able to seize it. It was the Buffalo Bills. Jets thought they were in a position because they took a quarterback in 2018. So did the Buffalo Bills, except Buffalo ended up getting the better end of that deal. And it's been Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Stephon Diggs for the last three years winning the AFC East. Now the Jets feel it's their opportunity to leapfrog them and get to the top of the division. What better way to make an initial statement than go out there and beat this team in your building on Monday Night Football? 80,000 screaming fans. Aaron Rodgers jerseys all over the place. The 80s throwback uniforms that they're going to be wearing, which, by the way, are spectacular, by the way. Jets should already start that game up 7-0 just because of the uniforms, if you ask me. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's the end-all, be-all. It's not a must-win game. I'm not going to go in that direction. No way, no how. I'm not saying that about the Giants either. I don't care that it's a division game. you got to play 17 of these things. Winning one does not mean anything. And all eyes are going to be on the quarterback, yeah. But you know something? Even if he goes out there and struggles, it doesn't mean that he's washed up or he's going to have a bad season or anything like that. Because you know what? Once upon a time, it was just two years ago, in 2021, Green Bay Packers went to New Orleans and they lost 38-3 to to the Saints. And I think that game was at LSU. It was a neutral field game. They lost 38-3. to Rodgers played horribly. It was the worst loss he ever suffered. You know what happened in 2021? The Packers won 13 games. They won their division, and Rodgers won his second straight MVP. But after that first game, those odds weren't looking too good, right? Same thing you got to keep in mind here. It's one game. Whether you win, whether you lose, you still got a long season ahead of you. Football Friday show. Your calls when we return. Grasso with you. 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. ...where you can get me on Twitter with Julian and Chantel. Remember, we're going until 9 o'clock this evening. We got season predictions. We've got our NFL picks. Buttle's going to join us at 8 o'clock. A lot to dissect you over the next couple of hours. But you know what? Enough of my yapping. Let us hear from you coming up in just a second. And just to revisit what I mentioned before the break. You know, with that opener for the Green Bay Packers in 2021 against the Saints. Saints won that one 38-3. Okay? Rodgers was 15 of 28. 133 yards, and two INTs. Jameis Winston threw five touchdown passes in that game. Okay, so at that moment, you can imagine Packer Nation absolutely just thinking the worst-case scenarios. Remember, they were coming off a year where the Packers lost the NFC Championship game at home to Brady and the Buccaneers, even though Rodgers won MVP. And then you have that horrible start week one the following year where you weren't maybe quite sure if Rodgers was even going to play. Remember, he had the whole epiphany thing in the offseason and whether or not he still wanted to go and then he shows up and he has a bad week one and everybody was forecasting gloom and doom and then all of a sudden things started to fall into place and he wins his second straight MVP and the Packers have a fantastic season so all I'm saying is all right bottom line come week one I don't care what team you root for whether it's the Jets whether it's the Giants whether it's the Panthers whether it's the Jaguars I could care less you win the game that's great you lose the game Season is not over by a long shot. Okay, let's keep it in perspective. Please, please, that's all I ask from you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We will start it off tonight with Bobby and Belmore right here on 9870 SBM. Bobby, how are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? Excellent. Uh, I think I, I think the uh, the giant doctors work for the Yankee doctors, too, if they hear that Wilder report. Uh, anyway, um, let me get to the, to the Jets. Um, you know, you mentioned the offensive tackles. I told you this, you know, guys, a few weeks ago. Mitchell and Turner got destroyed against the Buck starters. Six, six sacks and ten dropbacks. And Rodgers was having a fit. So I don't care if you have Brady, Rice, Juan, and Thor. It isn't going to matter. Now, I want to go fuck with the Jet receivers. I mentioned this as well. You guys poo-pooed it. They tried out Galloway uh, the other day. Now, why would they try Galloway. out Galloway? I'm sorry, who sucked last year for the Giants, okay? If their wide receivers are so great after Wilson. I think there is a concern about their wide receivers, you know, as far as producing after Wilson. And, you know, and I just think it's a big concern. I, I went over with you the other day, and I want to talk about Reed, which is, you know, talking about how great his defense is. Okay, why don't you worry about beating the Patriots, okay? You haven't beaten them in eight years. So get about going to the Super Bowl and being like the 85 Bears, well, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, by the way, so I don't, you know, or the mm-hmm. Legion of Boom. I mean, look at the 2000 Bucks and 2002 Ravens. Yes, the quarterback sucked last year. But that great defense won Super Bowls without a great quarterback, okay? I mean, what do you want to be? Maybe you're going to be like the 75 Steelers? I mean, you'll have to have the defense's Hall of Famers and eight and nine Pro Bowls on, the, on those teams. I mean, they're talking a lot of crap, okay? And they haven't won anything. And I don't, you know, I talked about the turnovers to you. And they, they, have, they don't commit any turnovers. I know you don't think it's a big deal. But you've got to score easy points. Those are the great defenses did. The Bears, the 85 Bears. You know, so many turnovers that the Buccaneers, the Ravens, I remember, had so many turnovers. You know, this defense is a it's very I, good defense. Bobby, it's, it's ideal. Look, in, in a perfect world, you'd love to be able to force turnovers and everything. Do you know what team last year, what defense forced the second most turnovers in the NFL? You can tell me, Todd. No. Yeah, the Patriots. How'd the Patriots do last year? Well, the they won eight games. Patriots, 
Why don't they worry about beating teams instead of opening up no, their mouth? No, but Bobby, Bobby, just answer, just answer my question. That's all. That I'm saying just the thing well, with the turnovers. It does, it's not the end-all, be-all. If you have a horrible offense like the Patriots, no matter how many turnovers you force as a defense, you're still not going to win. Do you realize the Houston Texans were like top six or seven in creating turnovers last year? Texans won three games. They were garbage because they had no offense. So, look, in a perfect world, yes, you'd like to be able to take the ball away from the opposition, but there's three phases to a football team that well, ultimately are going to determine whether you're successful or not. Uh, Bobby, I thank you yeah, for the phone I call. Should... Here's the thing, though, about and, – and, and to go back to the DJ Reed stuff, right? Put yourself in his shoes for a second. That's all I ask. Put yourself in DJ Reed's shoes. You are a professional athlete. Professional meaning you have reached the highest of highs that an athlete can reach in your respective sport, okay? And to get to that level of excellence – you have to have a little bit of confidence, right, just to be able to get that far. Somebody asked the question, how good do you think this defense can be? How good do you think this secondary could be? How good do you think the team could be? What is he supposed to say? I think we're only going to win two games? I don't think we're that good. Yeah, you know what, I, th I think we'll be lucky to maybe even force a punt this year. Like, what is he supposed to say? Right? I mean, whatever you do in life, whatever you do, if I ask you, you know what, how good are you at what you do? What do you say? Nah, I'm not that good. Nah, you know, there's so many guys better than me. Nah, you know, you know. No. You're going to sit there and say, we are aiming to be the best that there ever was, the best that we could possibly be. They know that they haven't won anything yet. But as Robert Sala said yesterday, it's not as if they're going out there and taking shots at other teams and saying, oh, you know what? We're definitely the best defense in the AFC East or we're the best defense in the AFC and throwing shade at some other clubs out there. No, they're saying we have a lot of confidence in ourselves and every guy in that room got a strong bond. I think people see like that's one of the reasons, too, why I just cannot wait, cannot wait for these games to start. Because the longer that you got to wait for a game, the more and more you're going to have guys talking and more questions. I mean, they've been asking the same damn questions literally for the last five, six months. You know, even the people who ask the questions are running out of questions. And, of course, it's just going to be stuff that people could dissect them no matter what comes out of these players' or coaches' mouths. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the thing that's going to do the loudest talking are the games when you take the field on Sunday. And thank the Lord. We only got 48 more hours, 72 more hours if you talk about the Jets because they play on Monday. And then all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. The game is going to tell us everything we need to know. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember this time last year? It was right after that first game. Robert Sala made the comment about, you know, keeping receipts and all that stuff. And how much did that get scrutinized all throughout the week? Oh, my gosh. And then they went out there and they beat the Cleveland Browns. Lonnie in Harlem, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, how are you? Dan, a.k.a. Mayor Quimby, how you doing? What's all? I'm shaking Chantel and hello, Julian Kushner. Shout out to the company, of course. How That's doing? right. Dan, I mean, did you jump a couple months ahead? Because I could have sworn to start the show you said we was in February already. Baby. I, said fe I said February at the start. And I forget about jumping ahead to February. I guess my mind was still back in last February when we had a f last time we had a football game. I mean, my goodness, Dan, I know, can it's we a bad let job. the season either pass by or come to fruition before you start jumping to February? Lonnie, it's we a bad job. See what's going on, you know? Horrible job. Horrible job. I, I should, you know what? I should, I should just end the show. That's how bad of a job it is. Just end no, it. No, Done. no, no, no. Because you know why? Like I said the last time, it's things like that. Luckily, it wasn't. Well, unfortunately, it was you instead of a caller. But you're the host, so you can always bring it back, just like I'm sure you will do, and you have done so far. Um, now, you know, I don't want to. Bobby, the last caller, it's like, you know, it, it's always the way. It's true, though. But it's always the one thing that every Jets fan says when they when they come on to the to the radio. You got to worry about beating uh, the Patriots. No, you got to worry about beating the Bills first, then exactly. worry about beating the Cowboys, and then worry about beating all these other teams. Like, yeah, you're gonna get to the Patriots, but that's not the end all be all. But I understand why Jets fans say that because even as a Giant fan, I am tired of y'all losing to the Patriots. It's been too much, just like me. 
tired of losing to the Cowboys, which is exactly why I called. Last time I called there, we got a little confused. You might have misunderstood what I was saying, what I was trying to basically break down so nobody thinks that I'm a hack and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Cowboys have basically won the, have won two playoff games within the last 22 years. I've been around for 33. Right. Let's do the numbers here. That's horrendous. Okay? Now, listen, first game of the season is against them. Live at MetLife, Sunday Night Football. This Darren Waller news is pretty, eh. you know, you knew it was coming eventually. You were hoping that the man was actually going to get some stats before he pulled the hammy. I don't know if this, you know, hopefully he can still push, you know, but I don't want him to push it in his, you know, furthers the injury somewhere down the line. So what I know Dayball and the crew has to do is that they got to build some, they got to build, they got to build some type of offense that would have included him, but excludes him. So we got to keep the field open, like, I feel like the middle of the field has to stay open because it's probably going to be a lot harder to throw to the outside because of Diggs and um, what's his name? That was uh, I forgot. I always forget his name. Played for the Colts last year or two years ago. Stephon uh, Gilmore. DB. Right, Stephon Gilmore. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot harder to throw to the outsides now. So we've got to basically open up the middle of the field with Saquon, maybe with Paris Campbell, um, things of that nature, which is going to probably lead to us being able to throw to the outside towards the markets and stuff like that. So, you know, I just, like I said, man, I just, I hope they go out there and punch the Cowboys in the mouth. But I know this Darren Waller news is, it, it's huge because he was, he's a, he's, he's basically going to already know be the, the, the safety blanket for uh, Daniel Jones. But, you know, we got to go out and we got to figure out a way, Dan, just like they just got to go out and figure out a way to be Buffalo, even if Makai Beckton is not going to be there. New, both New York teams need to do what they got to do because we haven't had much this summer, if you know what I mean. So it would be nice if our four and winter sports actually give us what we need, give us the juice that we can get. Dan, thank you for taking my call. You always run a great show. Shout out to the company once again. Let's go Giants. Lonnie, you'll be good. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most people just want to get this thing going. Right? Nothing more, nothing. And look, here's the thing about Waller. Obviously, his presence and the Giants bringing him aboard totally transforms how you think about them and what they could do offensively, right? Gives you more confidence that the quarterback is going to continue to make strides. But if he maybe has to sit a game or two, I mean, that's not the end of the war. He may not even sit. But if he misses one or two games from here to the end of the season, it's not the end of the world. But God forbid, if he's going to miss the majority of the games the Giants play this year, and if this is just going to be a constant thing with him again with the injuries, that changes the outlook of what you feel about the Giants. It has to. 100% it has to. But it'd be great to see him out there, of course, on Sunday night. Franny Massapique was up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Franny, how we doing? What's up, buddy? I'm a big police supporter. I love the police. Watch uh, that show On Patrol Live. is great. It shows you the inside. You get to see how these police officers work and what they got to go through every single night, people. So everybody should watch that show so they can understand how dangerous a job it is and what heroes they are. I'm not familiar with the show, but I think we all know how dangerous police work is, right? I know that. I know that. But some people take them for granted. That's all. And I'm talking about everybody. I'm not singling out anybody. No, of course not. All right. Listen, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up front with you. I'm a diehard Bears fan. I and know. I'm you hate Rodgers, friend. Rogers. You I hate Aaron Rodgers. You hate him. Oh. Not, hate not, him. not as a person. Not as a person. Let's get that straight. As a football player, I can't stand him. He makes me sick. And all I've had to do for the last three months is listen to everybody pump the Jets up. They haven't played a game. They're a perennial loser organization. They never win. They occasionally, they like the Mets, they get a little, eh, here you go, here you go. It's just the, the, the hype is ridiculous. And the bottom line is this. I'm betting them every week. Because the bottom line is, if they're going to do good, I'm winning money. That's the bottom line. That's how <laughs> sick I am. But the bottom line is, I just can't stand Rodgers. This team is way overhyped. And don't ever, ever mention the New York Jets in the same name as the 1985 Bears. Hey, hey, Fran. Uh, Fran, if yeah. we're counting Super Bowls, you know the Jets and the Bears are tied at one, right? I'm not claiming anything big. I'm one of the biggest losers there is. I'm a Mets fan, an Islander. Well, the Islanders had four in a row, which is incredible, but they haven't won in years. But I'm a Knicks fan. Oh, forget about it. It doesn't, you know, it's just, it's scary. It's scary. Think of it. Hey, teams. friend. 
think about it, the last time the Jets and the Bears both won a playoff game was the same year in 2010 when they both went to the championship game. Is that is that funny? Is that funny? And I, you know, listen, the bottom line is I, the Jets, you know, the Jets and the Giants, they owe their fans. So I, I don't want to root against them. I just hate Rodgers. But they owe their fans, not so much the Giants. The Giants have given their fans a lot. But the Jets fans are just, they are unbelievable because they have, they are, the Jets have been garbage. And for the Jets fans to just show up and just, you know, they think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. They're crazy. But God bless them. They deserve it. And I, I wish them the best. But I just can't stand Aaron Rodgers. And that's coming from a Bears fan. And the Bears winning the division. No respect. Who's going to beat them? Who's got to beat them? Thanks, pal. <laughs> Franny, thanks for the call. <laughs> Fran was in a nice rhythm there. I didn't want to tell you know break him up and tell him that Aaron Rodgers is a huge police supporter. <laughs> totally feels differently about the guy now, right? No, I'm I, I don't know if he is or he isn't. I would hope that he is. Cops are heroes. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls and yes, we'll do our season predictions. We'll tell you how the whole 2023 season is going to play itself. You don't even got to watch the games. I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen over the next 18, 22 weeks or whatever it is. Gross's show till 9 on this Football Friday, 98.7 ESPN. Bring me show is done. Greg and I take over at 6.15, getting you set for the Jets and the Bills, live from the Coaches Club, and a cast of thousands on the pregame show coming up on Monday. Cannot wait for that. Uh, 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Jose, our good buddy from Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Jose. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Dan, and shout out to the company. Hello to Julian and Chantel. And I just wanted to definitely, you know, be one of those Jet fans, you know, that have those high expectations and feel like, hey, why not the Super Bowl in mind? But here's um, the thing that is. And, um, and Jose, you and I have talked. You know, I'm not one of those guys. You know, oh, I'm not no, one of these Super Bowl or bus guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely not. I don't. I, I know that for sure. It's just, you know, uh, and I was uh, definitely listening to my boy Lonnie, and he he was definitely making some good points because, you know, the Buffalo Bills are the cream of the crop of the division. And from a statement game, you definitely need to show that you can beat that team and beat that team consistently if you think that you're going to win the division. But you know how the New York media is, and you know how the fan base is. The last thing the Jets can really ever do is go two and zero, you know, win the bill, win against the Bills, win against the Cowboys, and then, you know. Oh, Jose, I don't even want to imagine what that's like. If they if they beat the Bills and the Cowboys to start two and zero, you're not even going to be able to drive near the Canyon of Heroes because they're going to be taping it off already for the ticker tape parade. You know how people act. Yeah, so exactly. So just imagine from the hype and the hysteria of how that will go all the way to week three, and then they decide to lay an egg to Bill Belichick's defense, and Aaron Rodgers has like a three-interception game, and they look woefully bad, and they kind of get that reminder that they're not really a Super Bowl team. <laughs> we we know that that's been happening. We we usually suffer as that as Jet fans, but um, Jose, I'm let me let me really say this because it's that. been brought up a couple, of, and I'll let you finish, of course, real quick oh, about no. the Patriots because you know a couple of people have brought it up already tonight. I will go out on a limb, okay. With almost certainty, and Julian, you can lock this in, whatever you got to do. I am almost positive that no matter what happens to the Jets this year, whether they win the Super Bowl, don't win the Super Bowl, win the division, don't win the division, whatever, they will break the hex against the New England Patriots and beat that team at least once this year, guaranteed. How about that? (laughs) There you go. In the vault. There we go. There we go, and I and I hope so too. Because here's the thing: like I, I, I'm, I'm a huge person in momentum. I'm a huge person with you know setting statements, and that first six games, we just saw the Chiefs look like a very beatable team, and I really doubt that with the addition with Aaron Rodgers and all the offensive pieces, I'm like, hey, you know what? We are primed to make a run for this, and why not go for it all? Because this is this is where it, 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 
that I, I've always said, you know, you're not going to sneak up on anyone out in, in the second year because in the second year, then it's going to depend more on do we re-sign Joe Douglas? Do we re-sign Salah? Oh, Jose, you're not sneaking up on anybody people. now, my man. Think about yeah. it. You're, you're not sneaking up on anybody now. The whole world has heard about nothing but the Jets for the last five, six months. They know they, they, know they got the target on their backs, right? Oh, I think we do know, but, you know, I, I like, but there is kind of like, you know, that Tampa Bay Bucks um, feel that I have with, with with this team and the makeup and how, you know, it's been constructed, you know, um, over the few years. So I, I do think that we can't, we, we, we can definitely, if it's going to happen, I think, I think the best probability is in the first year, unless if we make like uh, major additions in the second year to really put us over the top. Jose, we'll see what happens, and I thank you for the phone call as always. But you know what? Starts with the first one. You worry about Buffalo? Going to have your hands full on Monday night? This is a team that's won the division the last three years. You don't think that Buffalo, more than maybe anybody else in that division, because a lot of people already have the Jets catapulting to the top of the AFC East. You don't think Buffalo has heard all that stuff already and would love nothing more than to come down here and put them in their place and to quiet everybody first game into the season on national TV? You know that they've already been reading the press clippings and all that stuff. They, they, they know what's ahead of them on Monday night. Davis in Queens, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? Hey, Dan, thanks. I'm good, man. Um, the thing that's on my mind is uh, the Jets and Giants both play back-to-back nights at home, and uh, I'm concerned always about that field. Um, it's, it's the elephant in the room, and uh, – being an insider that you are, you know anything about have they stepped their game up on that field? And, you know, can that field handle, can the Jets especially play in the second game? Is that field going to be choppy like it has a bad history that it, that the word out, word's out on it? And can, is that field, uh, should, should I be alarmed at that field on Sunday, on Monday night? Dave, I th- it's, it's a brand new surface that they put in for this year. Mm-hmm. Everybody supposedly, you know, gives it rave reviews. I wouldn't use yeah. that as something that's going to keep you up at night, though, on Sunday. If you're not going to be able to get any sleep, don't worry about the field. I think the field <laughs> will be fine. They spent that field, right. let's put it this way. Yeah. That field cost uh, a lot of money. They spent a lot of dollars well, to be able to put that thing in. Well, I would like to think that it's going to be NFL caliber and ready to rock and roll. Well, you're right, Dan, but like, look at the Super Bowl field that they had, that disgraceful field for the Super Bowl. They put a lot of money into that. They planned it for years. Contracts were bidded. Well, that I mean, was natural was, grass, was, though. That was know. natural grass in the way that it was right. it was harnessed or yeah. whatever in terms of the lighting and the right. water and all this other crap. This field, because it's a yeah. synthetic surface, you don't have to worry about that stuff. You just roll it out there and, and rock and roll. All right. So you're hearing good things about that they stepped their game or they fixed it up, the problems are gone, the players in the league are a little bit more calmer with that field. And two nights in a row, that field can handle it. That's what you yes, think? Yes, everything I'm led to believe, that that's exactly what I've heard okay. so far. And, Dave, thanks a lot for the phone call. And as a matter of fact, just to put, you know, Dave and everybody else's fears at ease, I will pledge that I'm going to get there a little bit earlier on Monday to beat the traffic and everything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my running shoes, and I'll go out there, and I'll run some gassers on the field to test it out myself before we do the pregame show. Because that's how I like to get ready for the – like Robert Sala likes to run the stairs and everything. I like to run 50-yard gassers on the football field. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, I figure it's a good way to kind of, you know, get the blood flowing a little bit, get in rhythm for the broadcast. It's going to be a long night. You know, we're not going to say goodbye probably until give or take 1.30 in the morning. You know, by the time that game ends and then we do our full two-hour post game, it's going to be a long night. So I got to – you know, I got to get the energy going there a little bit. So, Dave and everybody else that's worrying about the field and, and the NFL and, and, and whatnot, I will test it out personally. Just in case the Giants and Cowboys don't do a good enough job on Sunday night, I will go out there Monday when I get to MetLife, and I will test it out myself. No need to have any sort of fear. Dan in Jersey is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Dan, how are you? Shout out to I'm the outstanding. Did you uh, did, did you start the semester yet? I did. I had I did a show Wednesday and a show yesterday. It's I'm enjoying it. I love being able to self-produce because I I write my own rundowns. I do my own breaks. I come back from breaks. The only thing that gets challenging is we had some of the great company members call yesterday, which I love. But I had to start screening calls while we were on the air, which is a little it gets a little iffy. But 
I'm very happy, and a great sh- big shout out to the company. Thank you guys for calling into my show yesterday. Absolutely. Now, now, what about like, are you actually like taking real classes this semester, or is it all just like I having am. fun doing radio stuff? I'm doing 15 credits. Oof. What like classes are you amount. taking? Um, a lot of communication stuff, and then I'm taking international relations, which is a political science class. What do you need to know about international relations? How's that going to yeah. help you? That's what the uh, that's what they want on my audit. Oh, that's a bunch of garbage. You know what? Tell the tell the person in charge of your curriculum or whatever that the international relations thing it's really not going to benefit you that much moving forward. Trust me, it's it's a money grab. <laughs> it's a money grab, and you could tell them I said so. I, I would. I, I'm indifferent on that statement because I I still am in the university, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on this one. You know, I don't have to deal with anybody on an international basis. I'm doing okay. You know what I'm saying, Dan? I've done this long enough, and I, I keep it pretty close to the vest. <laughs> keep keep your friends close yeah. and your enemies closer. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a very good point. Yeah. I'm kidding, of course. I, I'm kidding. I Go know. ahead. I would love to have you on the show. Like, I don't know if I was talking to Don about maybe having him in studio one day. It's uh, I don't know how far it is, but it is in Jersey. I'd love to have you and Don in the studio one day. Maybe I, 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 I don't know if happen. we can make that happen, but I told you, the podcast thing that you're doing, I, I, I'll happily, I, I owe you a spot on the podcast. Absolutely. We'll make that happen. All right. All right. And I want to get into my point about the Giants. Uh, yes. I know Darren Waller. It looks like he's going to play, but I, it is a little concerning, and it's funny. And I think you might find this interesting. I called him the Giancarlo Stanton of NFL athletes <laughs> because he's always hurt. Yeah, I mean he's been hurt the last couple of years, right? And when but when he plays, he's 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 really good. And you hope that the injury stuff is going to be swept aside now that he's you know fresh start, new team. But it's just it, you know what it is, Dan. It's concerning that this creeps up on the last day of practice for the opening game of the season, and now it's something that's going to be hovering around because even if he's able to go out there and play Sunday, which look, I, I'd like to think he will. But that's still going to be in the back of your mind as you're watching the game saying, geez, what if that hamstring goes at any point during the game? Yes, definitely. And the one thing I want to know, like, what is the expectations now if he's hurt? Because I think this, I think he is the difference maker in this offense. He's going to be what makes Daniel Jones take that big next step that now he has a number one target to throw to. And if he gets hurt, does that mean they maybe take a flyer on a guy like Mike Evans? Or would you say they wait a year? Because T. Higgins, I don't think, is going to stay in Cincinnati. No, Is that not. their next play? Well, I mean, again, let's pump the brakes on going out there and making the big splashy acquisition. And, Danny, thanks for the phone call. Enjoy the international relations and, and, and everything there. Look, last year, Giants made the playoffs when Daniel Bellinger was essentially your big target at tight end, right? Now, Darren Waller's a game changer. I agree. But not having Darren Waller in the lineup, if it comes to that, I don't want to give anybody a heart attack right now and think that he's declared out for the game. No, he's just questionable. But – if he's not able to play or if he misses any sort of time, what it tells me is then that receiving core, which I don't consider one of the you know elite groups in the National Football League, I think that's going to be magnified a little bit more when you miss Darren Waller. Waller's presence was supposed to take some of the pressure off of those wide receivers. They would have to be relied upon a little bit more if he can't go. All right, 800-919-3776. More of your calls. We'll get our season predictions in as well. Grasso with you till 9 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff was the victorious quarterback last night in the season opener. How about that? As we welcome you back into the Dan Grasso Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Lions are 1-0. Start spreading the news. The 1-0 undefeated Lions. That game last night was pretty much what you can expect to see with a lot of the week one games around the NFL. It was, how can I, what's the nicest way to put it? It was a good, bad game. Right, it was sloppy. It wasn't exactly crisp, but that's what happens when these guys don't play in the preseason. They're still working out the kinks and, and trying to get the rust off, but it counts. That's the difference. First time since Patrick Mahomes became a starting quarterback starting in 2018 that he lost the season opener, and it's the second year in a row that the defending Super Bowl champion dropped that Thursday night opener. Remember last year the Rams lost at home to the Buffalo Bills. So give the Lions credit. And look, I know that Mike Tirico was getting a lot of heat that as soon as the game ended last night, he said, well, you know, this win comes with an asterisk a little bit because Kelsey and Chris Jones. I, I mean, I think that, you know, he's getting beat up a little bit for it, but I don't think there's an asterisk attached to it. I mean, the Lions won the game. That being said, you have to at least think that if Travis Kelsey was playing last night, that would have made a difference given how bad the wide receivers were. I mean, they were, I, I mean, wow. I, I, I mean, there's no words to how bad the Kansas City wide receivers were last night in that football game. If that, You know what the weird thing is, too? If the Chiefs were playing on Sunday like normal or even on Monday night like the Jets are, maybe Kelsey plays. Like those couple of days might have been a difference for him, and he could have went out there and gave it a shot. But you give Detroit credit for being aggressive early in that game, going for that fake punt inside the 20-yard line. I mean, hell, nothing to lose early in the game. And they took advantage of it because they kept that drive rolling. It led to that long touchdown drive, what got them off and rolling there. I love, love what the rookies gave the Lions in that game last night. We mentioned Jameer Gibbs' name last night on the show. I think he's going to have an awesome career. Sam Laporte of the tight end made plays. And Brian Branch. Brian Branch was a guy coming into the draft out of Alabama. And the reason he fell a little bit was because I think that a lot of teams looked at him and said, well, what's his position? You know, he's kind of those like one of those Swiss Army knives. You can play him in a multitude of ways. He has a pick six to tie the football game last night, maybe even the turning point of that game, after Kadarius Toney let another one glance off his hands. And Jared Goffey protected the ball, right? I mean, that's all you ask your quarterback to do. And not bad for a guy that didn't play at all in the preseason either. But how about Kadarius Toney? I, I mean, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I know that you say, well, you know what? Kadarius Toney made a couple of big plays in the Super Bowl, so that trade for the Chiefs, it's already validated because he helped them win the game. All right, fine, but it doesn't mean he wasn't dog crap last night. You know, he had the drop, which resulted in the pick six, had the big drop on third down, had the drop on the final drive where he was wide open. And I know the throw was maybe behind him a little bit, but you know what? It's the NFL, dude. He used to be a first-round pick. Catch the damn ball, right? You're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Sky Moore wasn't very good. McKinnon also had a drop. I mean especially when you're missing your number one target in Travis Kelsey, you got to step up and help your quarterback. And it, you know what last night reminded me of a little bit, but to a little bit of a different degree, 
Remember Mahomes in that Super Bowl in 2020 that they lost to Tampa Bay when he was running for his life because his offensive line couldn't block anybody on the Bucks' front line. While he wasn't necessarily running for his life last night, he just wasn't getting any help from his playmakers. So you could be the best quarterback on the planet if you don't have your teammates there helping you out and ain't going to do you any good. And I was also surprised. I thought Andy Reid, a little too cutesy for my liking last night. That third and one call on the direct snap and the, and the sweep to Rice when the tight end lined up over center, it's third and one. You've got the best player on the planet is your quarterback. Why in God's name would you take the ball out of his hands on that play? It just it made no sense to me. It's almost like they were all just trying things out. It's like, hey, it's first game of the year. Let's see if this works. Let's see if that works. It's outsmarting yourself sometimes. I don't necessarily agree with the decision to even to go for it on fourth and 20. I know you got Mahomes with a little over two minutes left. It's fourth and 20. Your defense actually played a good game last night without Chris Jones. I mean, the Chiefs didn't lose that game last night because of their defense. Remember, seven points the Lions scored was off of a pick six. Defense held up pretty well, but fourth and 20 from your own 35-yard line, you had three timeouts left still. Punt the ball, pin them back a little bit, use your timeouts, rely on your defense. And, I mean, I, I know that some people have tried to offer up an ex- explanation, and, and, and for the life of me, I just don't understand it. How in God's name was Jawan Taylor allowed to get away with what he got away with all night long, the right tackle for the Chiefs? I mean, he lined up offsides like every play, every single play. And the rule is, is that if you're talking about an offensive lineman and how he's lined up on the line of scrimmage, his helmet has to break the waistline of the center. That's how it works. And Jawan Taylor was beyond that point the entire night. How that was able to be delivered as legal? And within the rules, I I thought I knew a couple of things about football. I guess not. I guess not. But nevertheless, that's a good win for the Lions. I know a lot of people are jumping on their bandwagon this year and thinking that, you know, they're going to do some special things. They got a division that is very, very winnable, as we know, in the NFC North. They're going to come home and play the Seahawks next week to try to get to 2-0. That place is going to be nuts. They've sold out of their season ticket allotment at Ford Field. And now the Chiefs at 0-1, they got to go to Jacksonville in week two. You figured Kelsey will probably be able to play because you get an extra few days having played on a Thursday night. It's not going to be an easy game. You know, Jaguars are a good football team this year. And not to say that the Chiefs season is over either if they start off 0-2, but not what you expect to see from the defending Super Bowl champions. Remember, the Cowboys started 0-2 in 1993 when Emmitt Smith had his holdout and they went and won another Super Bowl, so it's not the end of the world. Uh, 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. More of your football calls. Remember, Buttle's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. It's a Dan Grasso show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Say hi to Eddie in Rockland. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Eddie, how are you? Hey, bud, what's going on? You know, Ed, I'm doing good. I'm How's th- things with you? Well, you know, I'm hoping for a good season. I hope the Jets and Giants don't end up like the Yankees and the Mets. But let's hope. Well, let's let's get let's get on the Jets. You know, first of all, which I don't understand is they're they're opening up with their white away jerseys and make believe that it's a throwback '85 jersey. They should be wearing the the Gastineau greens. That's number one. Number Why two is, is well, it's a home game. Right, you know, but if when, you remember, when the, fans, when the fans come, when the fans come out, you want to mm-hmm. see your team at home in the home uniforms. Right, but but especially, but Eddie, you remember when? I understand, but you remember when the Jets moved to the Meadowlands? Okay, starting in 1984, they wore white at home throughout the 80s with those uniforms. Really, every oh, everything sure. I see always has uh, the Jets. They wore green. The, they wore green at Shea Stadium in those day with those uniforms. But then when they moved to the Meadowlands, they white was their primary home uniform. It was white on white. Oh, I know. Because yeah. Gastineau and Klecko years were mid eighties. I thought they were the the dark greens. No, they did but, uh, at Shea Stadium. That was the Shea Stadium in the late seventies and early eighties. And then when they moved to the Meadowlands, they switched and wore white at home primarily. 
you know, maybe that's why they have such bad luck there. Maybe. You so, never know. Uh, if this, it's going to be laundry, then, then they probably should have figured that out a long time ago. The only problem I have with the Jets is probably going to be this year is probably going to be coaching mm-hmm. and too many uh, chefs in the kitchen because they're going to – Rodgers is running the offense and his buddy's running the offense and that wipes Salah's hands of any kind of wrongdoing. If you watch the second episode of Hard Knocks, you see uh, Salah questioning an offensive play and he really had no clue what was going on. And – that he's was preseason, though, Eddie. He's not Eddie, it's out-co- preseason. He's not, out- he's not out-coaching, uh, you know, uh, the, the Cincinnati uh, coach or the uh, or, or the KC coach. He's just not happening. Right. So, All right, Ed. Well, I thanks a lot for the well. phone call. I appreciate it. The very salient points added there. So it's the uniforms, why the Jets haven't won all these years. And for the preseason, I mean, if you're going to go by what you heard on the headset during hard knocks, they don't, guys, they don't game plan during the preseason. It's literally you just go out there and play. They decide, you know, which guys are going to play X amount of snaps, but the coaches don't put together a game plan. You know, it's, it's kind of hope nobody gets hurt. That's what the preseason is. Bob in West Orange is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Bobby, how are you? Hey, Bob. hey, Dan, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Bob? How's things? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm a big time Jets fan. I got no problem with your uniform, so I guess that's going for me right now. Let me let me let me um, say this about the uniform, by the way. That they are gonna wear yeah. and remember they're gonna wear these throwback uniforms on Monday and they're gonna wear them on in week four on the Sunday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. When I tell you that they might be the best uniform that they've ever had, they might be the best uniform they've ever had. And they are extremely popular by the fans. And wait till you see them out there in them on Monday night under the lights. You will probably want to run out and buy any article of clothing that you can featuring that uniform or that logo or whatever. It looks spectacular. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to be there Monday, and I, I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm curious your thoughts. What's, what's really interesting to me uh, for this game is how, how the Bills offense is going to try to attack the Jets. When If you go back to last year opening day, when the Bills were playing um, the Rams and what we thought was a really good defense at that time, they, they spread it out and they basically said, hey, let's forget about the run. But then if you go to how they lost in the Bengals in the playoffs, their base, McDermott was basically getting killed for them not having enough balance on offense. So when I think about the game Monday night as a Jets fan, quite frankly, it would scare it scares me a little bit more with thinking that they're just going to try to spread us out, short passing game, try to negate the offense. But then on the same token, I actually think it works in our benefit if they're trying to run the ball with, you know, more of the running backs, James Cook kind of, et cetera. I think that plays more in our favor. So I'm curious your thoughts on how you think that the Bills are going to try to attack our defense this week. Bobby, good phone call. Two things. Number one, Jets pass rush is something that should be taken into account any offense that plays them. What's the best way to negate a pass rush? Screen game. Get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as quickly as possible. You allow the pass rush to get upfield just enough to where once you do get the ball into your playmaker's hands, you have less defenders back there that he has to elude to try to make a big play and a big chunk play of yardage. That's number one. Number two, as far as Buffalo's defense is concerned, going up against the Jet offense, remember some guys. I know it's a lot of the same characters. But Leslie Frazier was the defensive coordinator the last few years up there. Now he's gone. Sean McDermott is now calling the signals on the defensive side of the ball. Now he's the head coach. He was there. But Sean McDermott's going to call the game a little bit differently than Leslie Frazier did. So there's going to be some unscouted looks that the Bills are going to throw at the Jets that the Jets haven't seen from Buffalo over the last few years, even though it's a lot of the same personnel. Right? It's still it's going to be a feeling out process because Buffalo's going to look at it as saying, well, we're going to go watch the tape of Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, him and Nathaniel Hackett all those years. You're going to see a lot of those plays. Yeah, definitely. But there's also going to be some new wrinkles, I'm sure, that they incorporate that they didn't have in Green Bay. And, oh, by the way, the personnel is different as well. It's a chess match. It's a chess match even though these are two division rivals and there's familiarity, but they haven't played each other yet this year, right? Nobody has any tape on any one of these teams yet. And that's why the first couple of weeks in the NFL is so damn unpredictable. All right, good stuff. We come back. We'll continue the football conversation. We'll get all your calls in. Don't forget, we're going until 9 o'clock. We're going to do picks, predictions. We'll talk Jets when we return. Our good buddy, my partner, Greg Buttle, will join us coming up next to talk a little Jets, Bills, and the upcoming outlook for the green and white. It's Grasa till 9 on a football Friday right here on 98.7 ESPN.